Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here bringing you another episode of the Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? Today's episode is a very special one to me. The Hives are one of my absolute favorite bands of all time, and if you're new to The Hives, I'm going to challenge you to watch just one of their live shows, even on YouTube. I can guarantee you'll be hooked for good. And today we're joined by none other than Chris Dangerous, The Hives drummer and rad dad to three kids. Chris became a dad just as The Hives were getting huge, around the time their breakthrough album Veni Vidi Vicious was released, so he's been through it all with his kids in tow. He tells how he's managed to balance a busy touring schedule with his home life, and he emphasizes the importance of letting your kids follow their passions. He also describes the fun adventures he and his kids have outdoors together, from cycling to skiing near their home in Sweden. And of course, we talk about what the hives are up to in 2022, and trust me, it's exciting, and about his plans for an upcoming solo project. They say parenting isn't black and white, but Chris Dangerous proves it can be, so let's get to it. Here's my interview with Chris Dangerous of The Hives on The Rad Dad's Show. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to stop by The Rad Dad Show. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to start by asking you, who are you? Uh, my name is Chris uh, Dangerous. I play drums in uh, the band called The Hives. Okay. And I've done so since... Uh, yeah, I think we're coming up on our 30th birthday, so it would be like, yeah, uh, we don't really know when we started, but we, it might be 30 years next year. There yeah, seems to be some... Be, uh, we don't really know. But yeah, there seems to be we, some controversy it's like around like 92 or 93, and someone says it's, it was a New Year's Eve, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, yeah, that's what I've been doing for a while. Okay, so Drummer of the Hives, I'm super stoked to talk to you. I'm a huge hives fan um oh, have been for a really long time uh have some good memories of like my first time discovering the hives i have uh tyrannosaurus hives behind me that was really when i got into your band um i had seen kind of the um i guess the excitement around um Vinny Vidi vicious and i remember sort of seeing that and then i saw this record in the record store and i just picked it up because i was like oh yeah those guys look cool. I'll, that album cover looks cool. I picked it up and it was like, you know, mind blowing. So, um, still holds a a very special place for me and I've followed what you guys are doing ever since. Um, so yeah, stoked to talk to you. So you're drummer for the hives. You're also a dad. Oh yeah. That's probably your, your main gig. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I (laughs) didn't fail. (laughs) No, but, uh, yeah, uh, we have three kids uh two guys and a girl girls okay. in the middle what are their ages uh so uh the oldest one will turn uh 20 now in march okay uh and our yeah so he's born in 02 and then uh iris is uh, born uh, in 11 and then little guy ralph is born 13 okay so so they're like yeah at the moment i guess they're 8 10 and 19. so your oldest in in sort of your the career picture when like when did you become a dad in relation to where the highs was that would have been right i guess right after many video vicious like right when things were 
getting crazy for you yeah, guys. Yeah, right, right whenever. Yeah, right when everything exploded. So there was a lot of uh, like his first years. There was a lot of touring for me and and uh, stuff. I was pretty young, like twenty four when I got him. Uh, we got him. Um, so yeah, no, it was. You know, we got him and everything got sort of big and we just played everywhere. And But he, he's, uh, he's, I mean, not not like the first year maybe, but, but he's been around the globe so many times. Yeah. When he was young, you know, he was, he was one, of, one of those who, who was kind of always with me. Uh, the other two, not so much, because then they're like, they have each other. And, you know, don't have to do it anymore right. that kind of way. So, but they've been around, you know, on tours uh, too, but not not as much as Simon. Well, your touring schedule has uh, probably changed quite a bit over the years, right? So yeah, that that too. Yeah. With with your oldest, um, you were probably still grinding and doing those kind of big long tours. Um, so yeah. What like what what was that adjustment like for you? So you become a dad right when the band's kind of getting huge and there's lots of focus on the band. How how did you adjust to being a parent? I don't know really. Uh, I think I just did what I always would have anyway. You know, we we still toured everywhere. It's just a matter of bringing you know him along, uh, which is like the coolest thing ever. To no kidding. To, to get him, you know, and to be able to, to be fortunate enough to be able to have him be on tour, you know, it's it's just. But then it's easy, you know. There's a tour manager, and and even though uh, his mom wasn't with us, uh, you know, I'd be with him all day. And then when it's time to play, you could go to sleep in the dressing room on the couch, and and then when you're done, you just change clothes. Grab the boy and walk to the hotel, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back that, into dad it's mode. Not, it's not that uh, difficult, you know. Well, that's good to hear, because um, I think there's there's probably, um, especially musicians, but uh, out there who maybe they're about to become a dad and they're maybe worried about that, like how am I going to manage this? But sounds like you kind of figured it out. Yeah, um, you know, there's also. The thing where you really have to, I mean, you're the one you're having the child with needs to uh, take a, a much larger responsibility, I guess. Right. Because uh, you can't always have kids on tour. It doesn't work that way. And, right. and uh, uh, for in, in our case, uh, playing as much as we've done, there has to be like someone there to help you at home. Right. And that, so, yeah, and that has to work. You got to figure out that dynamic and you have to be on the same page, right? It puts that stress on a relationship, I guess. And um, yeah. yeah, you have yeah. to find, I mean, find being, a way being to... In a, being in a rock band is not like... It's like the weirdest job ever, you know? <laughs> so yeah. so uh, people need to be aware of that. Um, like family and stuff, you know? Right. Were were other guys in the band having kids around the same time, or were you sort of ahead of of the other guys in the band? No, I was I was number two. Okay. Uh, one of the guys has a has a 
a daughter that's a year older than okay. my son. So yeah. Okay. So um But there's a lot of kids in this band. I think we're <laughs> at the moment yeah, I think we're I think there are eleven of them, you know. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you guys are used to it now, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And are are the kids kind of friends and stuff too? Yeah, I mean we live pretty spread out okay. in Sweden, but but yeah, we always meet, you know, in dressing rooms. Like next in a week, a week from now, we'll meet up in Stockholm, and and there'll there'll be a, a a bunch of them backstage, you know, running around and eating too much candy. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Um, okay, well, I mean, this is the Rad Dad Show, so I have to ask you: Do you consider yourself a Rad Dad? No, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, I just do whatever I want to do with my kids, you know. And and if that's considered rad, I don't know. I just, you know, I love for them to be able to do whatever they want, kind of. And that's pretty rad, I guess. Um, some limitations. But no, we do <laughs> we do uh, stuff that people would consider, you know, I don't know. I mean, we, we ride downhill bikes and um, right. do all kind of weird shit. But it's just what I do, you know, and, and that's what they've done since they started walking pretty much, you know, so. So you're, I mean, you're a big cyclist. Um, anybody who sort of, I think, follows you or even follows the band probably knows you're a pretty avid cyclist and seems like that's something you kind of share with your kids too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, the, f- the coolest thing I think about being the dad in this family is that the whole family, we're called, you know, me, Katrine, and all the three kids, we enjoy the same things. So we, we go, the five of us go downhill biking, you know. Right. We move, we just moved. It's, uh, yeah, what is it like? We've, we've got the house up here. I live in a small skiing village. Right. It's like a, a mountain. Uh, so wintertime, I mean, tomorrow the hill opens for skiing. So nice. We'll be there, you know. We'll be there at nine o'clock in the morning. All of us, not the oldest one. He's still down where we used to live. But, uh, and we, we, we do, you know, that, that's pretty normal for a family to do. But for all five to be into downhill biking, that's, right. that's like, doesn't happen every day. But that's what we do. You know? For sure. I mean, so, yeah, we even moved there because of that, you know, to have seasons and to be able to, for the kids to be able to, uh, you know, go to the either bike park or or skiing hill whenever they want, and it they kind of, you know, finish school. They just hit the hit the mountain. That's awesome. So, I mean, you've yeah. sort of like positioned your family physically, sort of where you have activities and things around that you guys like to enjoy together. That's that's cool because I think a lot of um, like a lot of people we talk to, one of the things that comes up a lot is um, like talking about that. Um, I guess maybe dad's worrying about losing some of their individuality or they, they have things that they're passionate about or like doing, but don't feel like because they're, you know, they have a family, they can't do as much of that. Um, like I, I love hearing that you guys just sort of try and do some of those things together. I'm sure obviously you have other things you, you do on your own as well. Um, yeah, but it's not as fun, you know, it's, I mean, if like, you know, if if everyone's gone or they're at school and 
you know, and I'm all by myself. Oh, I can finally go ride the way I want to ride. Uh, not as fun, you know. It's it's way more fun with the at least one or two kids, you know. It's yeah, it's just it makes the whole thing so much more fun. Yeah, yeah. And to totally. see they evolve and and you know, totally agree. To crack, crash, and to whatever we do, you know, it's it's. Yeah, I just love it. Well, you see, you see them kind of in real time developing those skills too, which is really oh, yeah. neat. I have a six-year-old oh, yeah. daughter who you're talking about skiing. So, you know, we're in Canada. I think we have slightly similar weather in Edmonton. We're not quite as close to the mountains. We have to travel a little bit to get to the mountains, but we're pretty close to the Rockies. And so skiing is a big thing here. Yeah. And our daughter has been in skiing lessons the last couple of years. And it's amazing to, to see, but we haven't mostly because of the pandemic, we kind of haven't really been able to experience that with her. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, we were lucky last year because it's such a, it's such a, a small mountain, so it could stay up open all the time, you know, just keeping distances and stuff. But I have, I have a Canadian friend and she said that, that it's been really hard in Canada. So, you know, Sweden's been a, li- a bit more loose on the what you can and can't do kind of yeah yeah that's right as you Um, know as you know right yeah so i think sweet yeah sweden kind of famously at least earlier in the pandemic um last year you know it was kind of well sweden's keeping everything open i think i sound i think i recall hearing things have changed a little bit i mean yeah in terms of music though there was a big impact on on you guys there was still regardless of what other other public health things were in place there were was limitations on on shows right oh yeah yeah we didn't do any shows uh, for a long time and because uh, we couldn't travel you know and right plus we don't play that much in sweden normally you know it's a few shows every year maybe but but as it was last year it was uh like private uh, maximum amount of people 50 you know those kind of things Right. And just we did a couple of fun things, but no, no real shows for a long time. But you guys, so I have to mention, you guys did do the. Uh, I'm trying to remember, World Wide Web World Tour. Yeah, um, which was pretty amazing. So I, I, um, I watched a few bands that did live streams, and there are, yeah, I don't know if you caught some. Like they're okay. Like you know, mostly it was just your. It's a camera watching a band play in a room and. It was okay. It wasn't the same, but you guys managed to pull it off. Um, I I watched the New York show with one of my friends and we were just like smiling the whole time. It was so good. I don't know how, like only the hives could capture that energy in a digital format. You must have had that feedback from other people, right? Oh yeah. That was, uh, people loved it. And um, it came about uh, because kind of the thing you just said, because we saw a a few of those and we're like, we, we can never do that. It's just fucking boring. You right. Know, people, uh, someone in their living room with an acoustic guitar and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's not high. So right. how do we do this if we want to do this? And then, yeah, once that ball is rolling, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, was... got, it, it, got, it got really good in the end. I, I, um, I'm very proud of it. it. sounded great. We had Pelagonifel who um, sort of co-produced the uh, first three records with us right he, he, he did the sound and and all that 
all the cheering, you know, all the audience sound. Yeah. We had a, a DJ uh, do all of that. And we actually took our own audiences from each city, from old live recordings. Right. So we, you know, and, and it was all live because people, everyone who saw it is like, that's not live. Even though we had people calling in and, you know, we tried to. Yeah. Because it was people that had a really hard time believing that it was actually live, live, but it was. And a lot of bands weren't doing, I mean, I guess, you know, the the acoustic guitar in the living room, a lot of people were doing those live, but the kind of big production things, most of those were kind of pre-recorded and it was kind of interesting to see, but I agree with you. Like that's not up to the hive standard. So yeah, I was amazed to see um, how good it turned out. It was really fun. Actually, I went back and watched it a couple of times. I think we had access to it for, for a couple of days afterwards. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. We're, yeah, for what it was, you know, we were uh, very proud of it. Yeah, and it was so. funny. Like, you know, it kind of captured the the humor of the band too, which was good. The phone yeah. calls were <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And actually, like uh, after the live stream, uh, live stream ended, uh, Nicholas was like, "Oh, there's, you know, he's like, it's fourteen hundred missed calls," and he just started calling people up. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, so he spent like two three hours after every show just calling people up and see how their party was going and what they were doing watching it um, you know it was so it was a lot of fun even after the like the camera was turned up yeah it's kind of the I, I think what people needed um to have that kind of experience and to be able to see that you can do it virtually do you think you guys would ever consider doing something like that again or was that kind of like you did it and it worked and hopefully you don't ever have to consider that alternative again no, I mean, we'll, uh, you know, there, we could, but, uh, you know, as everyone else, we'd rather play to people for real, real people. you know, yep. but, but, you know, who knows what happens and, and we have a, you know, we, we all liked it for what it was. And if something happens again, that the world is shut down, you know, we might do one more, but yeah. as of now, we just. We just did a, a, a like a three week run in the U.S. Got home five days, and then we did a month in Europe. And but uh, was we had to cancel like the eight last shows, I think, right in continental Europe after we did the U.K. But it's like we almost we almost didn't make it that far. It's like every day you just you know are we going to be able to play tonight? Who knows? You know because because when when things move that fast you just don't know and, and that's why so, i'm saying you know if 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 this is something that's going to stay for another year and countries started shut down completely again yeah who knows we might do one more yeah well it was yeah it was a lot of fun so i would definitely yeah. uh sign up for another one um so like what did it feel like sort of getting back to touring after you know more or less being off for a year and a half yeah, I was me personally. I was off a little longer because I, uh, like a year and a half before COVID, I, I went into standard surgery thing that went really bad. So, right. Uh, so I was out for almost three years, I think. So for me to be able to go on tour again, I was kind of worried. You know, am I gonna be able to do the full tours? I didn't know. I had only done. You know, I did the 
yeah, like the World Wide Web tour, but that's still a, a different thing, you know, from doing, you know, two months of right. proper touring. But 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 uh, but when we got to the US uh, and we started doing the shows, and it just I just felt better better every night, kind of. So it was, yeah, I was super happy to be able to do it, you know, and and now, you know, it's yeah, I don't worry anymore. Right. So Good. Yeah. I, I, I remember seeing that I had kind of hadn't put that together that you would have connected those kind of two experiences, one kind of going through a medical issue where you weren't playing. Cause yeah, I remember Joey from um, the Bronx was kind of filling in for you for a little yeah. while. Right. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. Um, and then I guess connecting to the pandemic yeah, was a long stretch for you. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and that was so funny or funny. It was weird as, fuck you know but uh when i when i got so when i was starting to get better you know be, being able to start playing again and and thinking about that and and getting you know my body back into some form of shape that's when the pandemic hit i'm like god damn, here yeah. we go again. <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah so it was it was weird but you know and so you you would have had to it take a bit of a, a break from cycling probably around that time as well, hey? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I am I'm not back into cycling form. Uh, unfortunately. But you know, getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I, I want to bring it back to we kind of talked about the rad dad thing. So um yeah. I was it was interested to hear your response kind of saying, well, no, like I just do what I do. I don't kind of label myself a rad dad necessarily, but um, let me ask you what, what is a rad dad? Like, what do you consider a rad dad when you think about that term? Cause it, we don't sort of um, we don't define that. We leave it up to whoever we talk to, to kind of define what it, what it means. So what's a rad dad to you? Uh, to me, I, I guess it is. Uh, the raddest thing you can do is, is, is uh, probably your best at getting your kids uh, to becoming great people, you know, who value right kind of stuff and, and who um, are kind but still cool, <laughs> you know, yep. that kind of thing, you know, and, and uh, someone who doesn't put, you know, sticks in their wheels to slow them down what no matter what they're trying to do, kind of. Oh, that's a great comment. And and, and also, um, yeah, just you know, you got to believe in them. You know, <laughs> they're yeah. the future. You know, and hopefully they'll they'll just uh, yeah become good people with good values. You know. Yeah. So is that sort of like, do you accomplish that just by sort of modeling that to them? Or is it an active process of, of teaching them what that means? Or is it more sort of showing them and having those experiences get, together? Yeah. I mean, it's not like we sit down four hours a day talking about how to be kind, you know, it kind of, it kind of just happens. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. And then you've, uh, you know, but I mean, we all, we all, I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else. I just want them to be able to do what they want when they want. Um, 
as far as you know sports or whatever or if mm-hmm. if you want to play an instrument you know they can i mean i mean i'm in my studio right now and yeah. if they want to play anything they can just come here and and you know do whatever or they can it's like i don't like the like having like having kids not try other sports at the age of 10 or whatever just because because you got to be that good to make the junior team or you know that's bullshit in my world yeah you should you should just try everything you can and everything you're interested in trying and some things you might like some you won't you know but but to to have uh, kids choose one thing over another at the age of i don't know nine or ten it's it's insane in my world yeah there's a lot of pressure as a parent at least yeah. i f- i feel that a little bit with um you know we talked about putting our do- my daughter in skiing lessons um you yeah. know to, to get your kids and all these different things and sometimes you feel a little bit like you you have to balance um what you think is cool and what you think your kids will like versus what they actually actively sort of go out and and tell you they're interested in so you kind of have to give them those experiences and then I guess you figure it out do they like it or do they not like it and I maybe I won't push as hard on that right that I find that that's a really hard thing to do and to figure yeah. out right so you want yeah, to sort of- I, I completely agree I mean it- like my oldest, maybe maybe we pushed him a little too hard. It was uh, it was super good at at like cross country mountain biking, till he got like, or he was top of the game in Sweden, you know, uh, till he got like thirteen and said, "I don't want to compete anymore. Pressure is too much," you know. Yeah. And we're like, okay, didn't see that one coming, but fine, you know. Yeah. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's so. That's like so a common. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so he he just quit competing that day, and it's like, oh, I just want to ride because it's fun. We're like, okay, let's ride. You know, the pressure can but, be really tough on kids. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, our thing, I guess, everything we do in this family is like individual sports. Uh, some of them have played like soccer or stuff like that, but never really gotten that into it we're more individual sports people i guess yep but i believe yeah i can i believe it can be even even harder and the pressure can be even harder if you're in like a team you know no matter what you do because you gotta i don't know yeah well probably even harder hockey's big in in sweden i know hockey's really big in, in canada obviously and um that's something I was never a hockey player, but I had lots of friends who played hockey. And that was, I, I think back to um, the conversations I had with them when we were sort of in high school, when they were kind of giving up on hockey or, or quitting. And for a lot of them, it was, man, it's just too much pressure. Like there's too many practices. There's, you know, too many games. I want to do other things. Um, parents are screaming in the stands, you know, getting worked mm. up about it. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's tough on kids. Yeah. I mean, it's cool too. If, if, yeah. if that's what they want to do, of course, you know, I, I, I played hockey as a kid from when I was, I don't know, six or seven till I was 12. And, but then I quit because I just wanted to play music kind of. Right. Um, 
but but I never had that kind of pressure. It was you know it was the eighties. It's different from what it was different from what it is now. Right. I think you know I'm no expert on these things, uh, and I think it's great if if they really want to do that. But yeah, pressure can be hard on them. I think you're you kind of talked about your kids. You've got studio at home. I know, and we'll maybe talk about this in a little bit. But I know you're. People might not realize this about you, but you're a guitar player as well. You've done some recording and releasing things yourself. Are, are are your kids interested in in music too, like in playing music? Uh, some of them are, uh, or at least I mean, Iris, my girl, she's the one who's most in the music. She sings a lot, and we we sometimes you know play and sing and and stuff. But the other ones are not as into it. Um, Simon has never really been into it. My oldest, yeah, he just tries it and it's like, okay, no, but he, he likes to do you know backflips from whatever that's his kind of thing. I'm like, okay, you don't have to, and I would never, you know, force them to play. But uh, uh, Iris, she sings really good, so I, I hope uh, she's gonna take start. Uh, like taking proper vocal lessons you know with someone uh, who can actually teach her better than I can Uh, and and it's also weird for me to you know I can teach her how to ride a bike because that's not my job but for her to have me you know it's just weird it's better if someone else takes that she can do whatever she wants here but you know she plays guitar and sings and and uh, cool you know, fools around with piano and stuff. And, and little guy, he's getting into synths a little bit. So, you know, who knows? But I, I would never force that onto them. I mean, we listen to music all the time, of course. But, um, yeah, if they want to do it, it's here. If they don't, you know, that's What fine. do they think about your band? I think they think we're pretty cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, you can't watch a hive no. show and, and like, I don't think there's anybody who, even if it's, maybe it's not your kind of music or whatever. I don't think you can have anybody watch one of your guys' shows and not be like totally um, zoned in on what's happening. No, I, imagine I mean, it's the it same is, for kids. Yeah, it is. And we sometimes, I mean, when, when, a bunch of our kids were younger we used to play them demos and see what they jumped up and down to because if if it you know if a three-year-old jumps up and down the song it's probably good you know? yeah <laughs> uh, in a way kind of but yeah that's interesting because lots of songwriters will talk about that that like you know the really good songs are kind of like almost like nursery rhymes they're so they're so catchy right you you yeah. know you've got that hook if a kid picks up on it yeah kind of yeah and cool. a beat and a, and a beat kind of you know you, yeah. you see if they if they go crazy it's probably good <laughs> yeah oh that's funny um so to kind of get back to um when you first became a father were, did you have any fears about that oh yeah i uh, my own kid was like the first baby i ever held in my arms i think yeah 24 <laughs> right yeah, 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 and I'm like, oh, how do I do this? You know, <laughs> I had no idea, but you know, 
I guess you just. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was nervous, and it was uh, weird in that way to have to learn everything and you know. But some at the same time, it's something that is just beautiful and lovely in every kind of way. Apart maybe from like screaming in the middle right. of the night, yeah. but you know, no. Uh, so. Um, yeah, nervous, but you know, got to hang on it pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, and it doesn't take been, long, right? And he's always been one of those that you just just bring him in anywhere, you know, and and um, it'll work out, you know. Yeah, so he was they, he was just kind of always part of your world and what was going on with with your world. Yeah, yeah. So, so there yeah. wasn't sort of, you know, a lot of people talk about kind of a big change that happened when they became a parent that, you know, in terms of their, their life and how they kind of organize their life and the things that they do, but seems obviously yeah, there would but, have been changes, but, but, but of course, I mean, yeah. you got to change, you know, a million things. Uh, so what changed for but, you? But, but if, if you don't know that, get a kid, <laughs> I think, you know, too little to get a kid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course, of course, things have to change. You can't go out partying every Friday and Saturday. You know, you can't. You got to be there. You know. Yep. Oh, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time on tour, but then at least uh, his mother was there. You know, and and, right. and when I got back, it was like, well, then it's time to hang hang out with them. You know, can't go. Right. Pretend so- like like you don't have a responsibility. You so do. you could be focused on the band when you were touring. And then when you're home, you're just home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of nice too, to be able to, I guess, break it up and, and have that focus. I mean, there's a lot of parents out there that, that don't, I guess, maybe get to have that, um, that time where they're totally focused. Right. And, and maybe don't have to worry as much about work or whatever for an extended period of time. So We've had lots of people tell us they actually really like that dynamic of kind of really being able to do the band thing for a couple of weeks while you're on tour. And then when you're home, you've got this stretch of time to really focus on your, your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And that is great, you know, uh, to be able to, to have, you know, especially during summer and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. when we play, you know, mostly weekends, we do festivals and stuff, but then when you get home, it's not like you only have two or three weeks off. You got days in between all the time where, where you can do whatever, you know. So Right. Yeah, and it's cool you guys I mean, do lots a... together. Yeah. So okay, so um had some fears kind of, you know, in the beginning, but you kind of just figured it out. Um, I think that's a common experience, right? You just you get thrown into being a parent and the diapers and all that stuff you didn't know about before you you learn it really quick um kind of reflecting back i mean i know this answer probably changes all the time but what are the most rewarding aspects about being a dad oh big question yeah like almost too big uh the most rewarding thing or things I don't know, just to, I 
I don't, just just to see them grow up and and you know learn things and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah one of the most rewarding things is when when they prove your when they prove me wrong <laughs> you know i'm like no that's not what it is and they're like yes it is yeah. <laughs> and when you and when that happens you're like oh damn <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah isn't that amazing when they reach that that point um i kind of happens all the time i never started to have that with my daughter until she started going to school but then she'd come home and tell me things that she learned at school that i didn't know it's like oh my god yeah. you have a, a life outside of our family now right yeah. uh, it's amazing it's cool yeah, it's really cool Chris, are you able to talk about what your relationship is like with your dad? Yeah, is absolutely. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So we grew up in a small mining town, and my dad was a musician. He was originally from Finland, uh, but moved to Sweden in '68, so ten years before I was born. Okay, and. He was a singer in a band uh, type thing, but not professionally, just, you know, but a big music fan. He was, when, when he moved to Sweden, he was in the local newspaper with his Elvis uh, record collection, you know. And yeah. So always very, very, uh, what's the word? Um, yeah, he, he always... Uh, liked it oh, what's the word like uh, like in terms of um like music not, was a, not yeah he, like a big part of his a, life yeah and he never had a problem with me you know playing music and yeah and and uh always helped me you know like he was supportive of of you exactly. playing music yeah okay exactly so I think I started playing the drums when I was six because uh, my older brother and his friend started the band and no one could play the drums. So we just got pots and pans and boxes and shit. And then when I was nine, when we were back in Finland visiting, you know, family and stuff, his old friend had a music store. So uh, one day we uh, went to the music store and that's when I got my first uh, drum kit. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's really cool. And I actually used it. It's on one of the songs on Black Sides, I think. I found it and I'm like, I'm putting it back together again. I'm going to use it uh, on a song. So That's cool. Which song is it? Do you, do you remember which song? I can't. No, not not right now. I was asked the same question. What song is it on? Uh, that drum kit. And I, I have to go back and check. But yeah, I use so many. At a, it's like five or six different kits recording in Hyde's album. So. Right, I, you know, and you just, yeah, can't remember right now. So music was a big thing in in your home growing up too. Yeah, was was your dad? Um, so he he played. Did did you like? Do you have memories of going to sort of watch your dad play? No, 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 no. He he, no, he quit. Uh, okay. Before uh, before he moved to Sweden. Okay. Uh, so. After that, it was just listening. But, you know, it, it, no, he's a big music guy, you know. I think I was eight when we drove four and a half hours to Pink Floyd concert in Gothenburg. Wow. You know, he took me along for that, you know. It's, it's just, I remember it still, 
to today. You know? Yeah, it's cool how those memories are really poignant. How about like with, I guess, with your dad and, and your experience growing up, have you kind of applied um, maybe his parenting style or how he approached um, parenting you? Have you applied that at all to your kids or thought about that? Do you, maybe it's something conscious or maybe it's something subconscious. Have, have you ever thought about that, how your parenting styles might be similar or different? Uh, I think similar in the way that we're uh, very supportive. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, none of us can choose who raises us, kind of. Uh, so it just happened. But right. if... Yeah, of course. It's probably a lot of the same style of parenting. You know, that's, that's the one I know. And, right. And hopefully, you know... Yeah, hopefully we all just do our best, kind of. And 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 uh, yeah, it's a weird question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it's things we do. You know, something it's, something a lot of people don't think about. Probably very alike in some ways, and and uh, in some ways not. And that's you know where we might differ in styles of parenting, but I have no idea, really. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I do think it's cool how you kind of had that that music connection, right? That was clearly important to you as a kid. And, and having that support, there's probably not a lot of, I won't say there's not a lot of parents that would be supportive. But I think when your kid tells you, I want to play the drums, a lot of parents are probably like, oh, let, how about guitar or piano or something, right? <laughs> so it sounds like he was always really supportive of of you pursuing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Did you was, take lessons? Yeah, it was uh not from the beginning i did uh when i was in like eighth grade or something uh, for a year but that was not really my thing uh just just you know reading uh drums on paper and doing parallels right. and shit you know i think i learned a lot more from just playing yeah. uh, and and just trying things out and just playing with other people and you know trying to figure out what kind of playing I liked and who I liked and you know I think that as long as as long as there's an, a big interest in in what you do you will become good at it if you have some sort of talent right. I believe uh, so but yeah some lessons I, I you know it might it might have made things better but i it's not like i can say that i owe you know owe everything to my drum teacher when i was whatever you know yeah i don't you know it's most of the stuff it's just from playing and then we started you know the hives when we were so young and that's where right that's where i think everything changed into how much we played and why and you know i think that's where it really started to become interesting yeah but it's in, it's neat to sort of look back um kind of from even the earliest hives records you you kind of had a have a unique style that's continued on um sort of through the course of the band obviously it's kind of you know changed here and there a little bit but like that super fast eighth note precise 
um, thing. And I like, I love it so much. Um, that's one of the things that drew me to the band kind of right in the beginning is, is actually watching you play and watching. Um, I think the first time I sort of saw you play would have been Tussles and Brussels, that DVD. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's just like totally captivating. Um, and you're so fast. So like in terms of, I guess your, your speed, is that something you made a conscious decision to do kind of from the beginning? I mean, you're playing punk music, which is fast, but, but I guess in terms of the way you play that, um, it, how did you sort of cultivate that over time? Yeah, we always try to play as fast as we could. Uh, it's as easy as that. And then we got too good at it. So we had to <laughs> figure out because people, you know, it's like, this is insane. This is so fast people can hardly hear what song you know like aka ALG, it's just yep it's fast on the record and then you know a few years later playing it live when we still tried to just play you know it was it was ridiculously fast so then we're like okay this is too fast now what do we do so we're like okay we got a uh then we should probably play as hard as we can yeah. <laughs> to get the same amount of energy out. So that's when we started doing that. But it was, yeah, so it's always been, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But on, on Tyrannosaurus Hives, uh, we actually wanted, and that's a, yeah, that record sounds pretty cool because we wanted it to sound like, uh, like drum machines, but played live. Yes. Kinda. So that was the whole thing about that record. We wanted it to sound programmed, even though it wasn't. Right. So that was taking it from like the Venividivicious style of, which is more like a sonics type thing to, to that like super robotic, uh, you know. Like I'm thinking two timing touch and broken bones, like just, yeah, it does kind of sound like a drum machine almost, but then you yeah. watch you play it live and like you replicate it exactly live yeah awesome. hey it is it's it is recorded live and, and nothing's uh, nothing about it's you know uh fake or 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 anything it's just took a lot of rehearsing and a lot of you know trying to figure out how to do that kind of thing uh, right yeah you guys are totally dialed in on that record i mean that you've kind of continued that style since but that's where you kind of got that really super polished um yeah dialed in sort of sound where you're all totally yeah, like aligned yeah like that super tight kind of thing yeah, yeah absolutely i agree and 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 a lot of it comes we're we're big like craftwork fans even though you might oh, yeah. not think but so a lot of that style comes from 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 like that part of of music too which is right. maybe not you know skate punk or whatever so yeah going back to like that being being a very sort of yeah in the beginning people had problem with what kind what type of band are you what <laughs> you know yeah are you going to play a skate festival no are you going to play a you know it was just hard for people to figure out what we were until until it's like okay you're just your own thing my battery is on 10 percent here but oh shoot be fine yeah we're we're close anyway so um ah, cool yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, well, yeah, you're kind of a bit of a, you straddle a few different genres, right? Because it's not really punk the way some people think of it, even though that's maybe sort of where you started. And is it garage? Is it 
indie like you know what is it or is it just rock and roll yeah i think it's just rock and roll right but yeah now now i think you know it's more just rock and roll in the beginning maybe more punk but you know yeah. it's still the same influences kind of but but of course you find new stuff every now and then but but you know is if you want to make something hides now it's not very hard for us it's just the way we sound you know doesn't matter if we if we were to play whatever it would still sound like the heights you know because that's what happens after 30 years right exactly (laughs) what what's next for the hives what what do you guys have going on lex hives was kind of the most recent lp um you had a live record in between uh there which is is great too i know you weren't you didn't play on that live record unfortunately um but uh, what what's next for the hives you got some tours coming up in 2022 some shows coming up any plans for recording or anything yeah uh actually there are i mean we've been it's it's insane it's been so long since the last record but there's been like a lot of things have happened and a lot of things have you know not happened so but now we're in a better place and we're we've got a lot of songs and we just gotta figure out uh how we really how we want to kind of record it and we've come a long way so Hopefully we'll be we'll be able to try something out first quarter next year, and and then uh, hopefully nice. it won't take uh, another ten years <laughs> for the record to come out. And you guys sort of did Lex yeah. Hives um, kind of more or less yourselves, right? Like you kind of moved away from that, um, I guess that influence of the the label. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's called Lex Hives because we wanted we wanted to make make the most high sounding thing we could think of and therefore we produced it ourselves and we used Michael Illibert as an engineer um, and yeah we just wanted to make the most hives thing, hives thing we could think of and that was the uh, like the plan with that record so we'll see where we go from now but I mean yeah we have a lot of songs I read somewhere, I can't remember out. who said it. Some, like one of you guys said, yeah, we've got 500 songs ready to go or something uh, like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably a little bit of an exaggeration. But okay. <laughs> not, not, not far from it. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get a 20 LP release here. Uh, no, and, and, and there might not be 500 really good ones either. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we got we to, gotta, yeah, juggle it a little bit. Yeah, and you've got your studio there. So I want to quickly ask you, so... I hadn't realized, but you actually had released some music yourself not too long ago as well. Is that something you're you're sort of thinking about or spending time doing now as well? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I put one song out, which which was a really weird thing. Uh, it was for a like a movie for a chef's book about cycling. You know, it's just the weirdest thing. And and the plan was to put a hide song on there, but when I saw it and I, you know, we did a week of cycling in Norway doing that thing. Uh, I was like, this is the most unhide thing I've ever seen, you know? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, maybe it's time. Cause I, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of things that I've um, put together over the years. So I just recorded one of my skeletons uh, kind of, um, and, and put it on there and put it out there. But I, I, didn't really tell anyone you know it's just it's just floating around there but right but yeah there's more there's more coming of that too okay cool that's yeah. really exciting well 
Chris, I want to thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, for kind of the support of, of our show and, and being part of what we're doing. Um, any advice out there for dads listening or um, maybe um, new dads or dads who are, or, or dads to be maybe? Yeah, just, you know, um, yeah, just, just be there. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just do what I think is right. And that is, Never to try and, and, and tell them they can't do anything because uh, they probably can better than you and me, <laughs> right. you know, whatever it is. Uh, so just be, yeah, support that and um, just have as much fun as you can, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden they're 20 and live five hours south of you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It flies by, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, man. Just I, and enjoy and just enjoy the ride. It's, it's it's the greatest one to be on. Yeah, in my it's opinion. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. All right, that was Chris Dangerous. I almost can't believe I'm saying it. Chris Dangerous on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us, and thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.